0: Hello, I'm Tina Sedaholm. Welcome to This Is Not Therapy, a podcast for people who like to find the marvellous in the mundane. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 6 of This Is Not Therapy, which is called Hello, Failure, My Old Friend, which is funny because I'm going to start by telling you about a little success. Last Wednesday, I had my biggest gig for about a year at the old fire station in Oxford. It's also the main reason this episode is a week late. (laughs) Anyway, I was doing the usual hustle to get audience in. Press releases, Facebook posts, emailing interested or not so interested parties. And though we'd sold some tickets, I was getting antsy because the sales were only creeping up by two or three a week and and i hate that antsy stressy feeling because i know it breeds desperation and then that goes out like some sort of goblin fog and and puts everybody off nobody comes uh so i was thinking about this cuz i I'd, I'd been visualizing having a sold out audience um but i could feel myself getting tense in the visualizations like i was there was a lot of pressure there um obviously totally created by myself So I had this brainwave and I thought, okay, rather than visualise a sold out audience, instead, why don't I visualise the perfect audience? Because honestly, I've done shows to like eight people. I'm thinking of you, Guilford Fringe, on a very hot July night in 2019. But even though there were only eight people there, It was one of the most sublime experiences I've ever had on stage. And I've had audiences of oh, two or three hundred where the whole thing felt... (sighs) It's not about the number, I thought. It's about who shows up. So I started visualising the perfect audience. And that was a whole lot more fun, actually. I began, instead of counting the people in the seats, I was feeling the lovely vibe that was happening between us and, and um, the sort of in-jokes we could have if it was did turn out to be a really small audience. So I started to relax around the whole thing and um, I bet you can guess what happened. No, we didn't sell out, but we weren't far off actually. And more to the point, what a stellar audience. If you were in Oxford last Wednesday, oh my goodness, thank you. That was one of my top five shows of all time. Which actually makes this podcast episode even more prescient. Because it's been a goal of mine to get a show back in a proper theatre space, well, ever since Covid hit. When Covid happened, I didn't even know when I would be performing again, let alone performing in a theatre. The show itself took three years to write and perfect, and, and that performance of it last Wednesday... That was the culmination of a lot of different goals. I have a tricky relationship with goals. Mostly because I've always been fascinated slash irritated by the gap between the fantasy of what I want to achieve and the actuality of what I do achieve. I mean, why do things so rarely work out the way I imagine they should? I mean, sometimes they do. We did pull off this show But that's off the back of a hundred mistakes, setbacks and failures. I guess I'll be working to find the answer to this one for a while. (laughs) So in the meantime, here's a little balm for bridging the gap when life doesn't live up to your expectations. Let's roll that tape for Hello Failure, My Old Friend. One of my earliest ambitions was to be a princess. Now, this was a strange ambition for a girl who once wore the same red sweatshirt and brown corduroy flares every day for three and a half weeks. By the end, the corduroys had become so stiff with mud and dirt that when I did take them off, they actually stood up by themselves. Oh, but princesses, they have it all flouncy over-the-top dresses, shiny crowns, possibly magical powers. Imagine being that beautiful and fantastic. Now, in my quest to be a princess, I unwittingly followed, to the letter, all the advice you might read in a self-help book about reaching your goals. Number one, make a treasure map. I collected photographs and newspaper cuttings of Princess Anne's wedding and glued them into a scrapbook. Number two, visualise your dreams. At night, I regularly dreamt that I was a warrior queen who, assisted by her pack of man-slaves, acted as peacekeeper amongst the warring tribes in the jungle where she lived. Number three, pick a role model. One day, my mother told me that a princess was coming to our house. I spent hours practising my curtsy in front of a full-length mirror and saying, How do you do, Mum? On the morning before the princess arrived, I walked around with a bin liner covering my dress so not a speck of dust could land on it. The doorbell rang. I hid in my bedroom whilst my mother helped the princess, you know, arrange her train and direct the footman. When the noise died down, I peeked out of my bedroom window. Funny. No sign of a glass carriage. I ventured downstairs and into our sitting room where my mother was pouring tea. I curtsied, wobbling as I stood back up, and saw a middle-aged woman dressed in a tweed skirt, sitting on our sofa. She grinned, toothily. Frankly, she looked a bit like a frog. My face must have betrayed my thoughts because my mother laughed and said, I believe Tina thought you'd be wearing a crown. How was I supposed to know that the King of Sweden's sister drove herself round in a Volvo and was married to a bloke called John? This was my first experience of chasing a dream, only to get to the end of the rainbow and find not a pot of gold, but something more akin to a pot noodle. Which is a good thing if you're hungry, but ultimately, and nutritionally, disappointing. I was to meet several princesses over the years. Some were driven in bulletproof Rolls Royces and others had bodyguards with pistol-shaped bulges under their jackets. But none of them wore a crown. Screw you, Disney, is all I can say. I never did get to be a princess. Or at least I haven't. Yet. And I've always had a love-hate relationship with goals. Initially, they seem like a good idea. Decide on something you want, something that lights you up. Make a plan. And to give yourself the best chance of achieving your goal, make it smart. Specific, measurable, R.C. No, that's not it. You know what that acronym stands for. Why are we so keen to achieve goals? Well, the promise for me is that if I achieve my goals, I will have proved I am a worthy human being. And that makes me feel a lot better about myself. And there is no denying that feeling of satisfaction is fantastic. Woohoo! Look what I did! I remember, age 21, the first time I was well-placed at a prestigious three-day event. In fact, but for a pole down in the show-jumping phase, I would have won it. Even though that meant I ended up fourth, I had still done far better than anyone expected. I arrived home to find the barbecue fired up, an enormous stereo stack in the yard blasting out dance music, and several bottles of champagne on the go. I stood in a corner, receiving hug after hug, being slapped on the back and people saying, Congratulations! A world-renowned rider sauntered up to me and asked how I felt. Numb, actually. It felt so traitorous to say it, but it was the truth. Your are That is how it always feels. Look, um, just got to step out here. I used to be able to do a great impression of this person. And yet, just when I need it most, my Swedish accent has deserted me. So bear with me and it'll be over soon. The famous rider nodded towards the party. This party isn't for you. It's for all the people who helped you get to that victory. Smile as much as you can, then get to bed. In the morning, do something ordinary. muck out a few stables. Because tomorrow, the whole circus begins again. I tried to understand his memo that was saying it was basically all about the journey and not the destination. I really did. But I didn't get it the same cycle went on for decades. Each time I would think, "Ooh, when I achieve this goal, it's going to feel like I've arrived. I won competitions, published books, put on successful shows. And there was always that moment of euphoria about the length of a sugar high before the same feeling of me turned up. And all I was left with was me. Raggedy, petty, vaguely unhappy. (laughs) And that's when I actually accomplished something. I can't tell you if there was a single event that made me realise that if I was waiting for the moment I achieved a goal to feel happy, I might be waiting a very long time. Somehow, although it goes against all my cultural conditioning, I've had to find a way to be happy now. To enjoy the process. Oh, and to make friends with effing it up. Over and over again. Bloody hell. Failure, you make me interesting. Give me stories to tell at dinner parties where others market themselves as heroes. The corporate veneers fell off my teeth Years ago, I couldn't maintain that winning smile, that homogenised glow, so let's forget your bland doppelganger success and let me praise you for all the lows. Thank you for the film stars who didn't send roses or pink limousines, and their facsimiles in the wine bars of my youth, who, with a single glance, bestowed upon me the superpower of invisibility. As I was also a facsimile of myself back then, let me cherish those lucky escapes and praise you like I should. Thanks, too, for my love affair with an art form that is the world's worst career move, with more exponents and Justin Bieber's Got Beliebers and less audience than an Arachnids fan club. I mean, they do exist, but mainly in the corners of condemned buildings. Still, poets make generous friends. Well, until someone gets a book deal. But even so, let me praise you like I should. Failure, we've come a long way together. You've gifted me with pouchy cheeks and cellulite drawers. You're the midnight bar of Cadbury's when the diets run short of aphorisms. Thank you for all the jobs I didn't get, the medals I didn't win, the orgasms I didn't have, and all the ones I faked. If I'd won those battles... I'd be constantly on the run, chanting, failure is not an option, when you absolutely are. So let me celebrate you, failure. Let me praise you, like I should. So there we go. A few thoughts about goals. For me, it's still an ongoing conversation. There's no denying that goals are great for creating focus, a sense of fulfillment, and an experience of expansion, which is a fantastic way to get to know yourself better. But if you're like me and you get too driven and put those external goals on a pedestal, that narrows your focus and means you exclude all other possibilities. And that might be okay if things go to plan. But if they don't, it can be soul-destroying if your goals have become practically the only thing in your life. Hmm, I told you it was an ongoing conversation. And maybe that's just perfect. Maybe it's good to make some plans, but not hold on to them too tightly. And maybe it's good to have some unstructured time too. Not one thing or the other, goals or no goals, but a play between the two. And it's also good to remember that despite our best efforts, some of those plans will work and some of them won't. Some will exceed our expectations and some will be an exercise in finding out exactly what we don't want to be spending our lives doing. And that's okay. Thanks so much for listening. Well done to anyone who noticed the reference to Fatboy Slim's Praise You in the poem Failure You Make Me Interesting. A poem which can be found in my collection Everything Wrong With You Is Beautiful. Naturally available for purchasing from my website or whatever high quality book dispensary you use. (laughs) And congratulations also to those who managed not to cringe at the Justin Bieber joke. God, it's annoying when your cultural references become dated. So until next time, dear friends, please share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. And may you only set delightful goals and have an even more delightful time, whether you achieve them or not. Hi, Tina again. Thanks for listening to This Is Not Therapy. All the books and resources mentioned in the podcast are listed in the show notes, where you can also sign up to my monthly newsletter. If you want to book me for a talk or show, or even buy a book, please go to www.tinasederholm.com. And finally, don't forget to subscribe!